Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Eric Hall. I'm a, a big bike evangelist and editor of XLADV.com. And uh, today we're going to be talking more about Rally Raid. I know I've talked about Baja and Sonora Rally, but I wanted to do kind, kind of more of a uh, intro, history, and uh, some, some tips uh, to get you excited to uh, maybe even do your own Rally Raid one day. So uh, stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Dunlop Motorcycle Tires and Rig Gear Motorcycle Luggage. All right, well, welcome back. Um, so yeah, this is this isn't just some generic rally raid stuff. Um, it you know it has some uh, some relevance to XLADV, you know, riding big bikes um, too. So so um, keep that in mind. So just let me give you some history <clears throat> of the um, of the Dakar. So. The Dakar started out as the Paris to Dakar, uh, Paris, France to Dakar, Senegal in Africa in 1979. And they ran it that way for about 28 years until 07. Uh, they took a two year break uh, due to some um, terrorist activity in Northern Africa. And they relocated it to South America and uh, continued from 09 to uh, 2019. And then the last three years it's been in Saudi Arabia. Um, and you know, BMW had actually won the Dakar quite a few times. Um, you know, that is an XLADV, <laughs> you know, their boxer engine, it wasn't like a 1200 or 1250. It was something, uh, I think just over, uh, 900 CCs in that range. Um, but, uh, there was a bad accident and death, um, uh, infamous, uh, KTM, uh, KTM had the 950 Super Enduro um, ridden by Fabrizio Meoni, and um, he died, unfortunately, and uh, speed was attributed to that, um, so it was really sad. And um, after that, there was a change in rules to limit engines to 450 cc's, and, you know, now we see speeds limited to 160 kilometers per hour, um, and so... <laughs> You know, there's a lot of people that don't agree with that. Um, and I can understand why, um, you know, you want safety, but it, you know, at the end of the day, how many motorsports, you know, limit, uh, top speed, you know, I, not so many, um, you know, the Isle of Man, TT, you know, they go pretty darn fast and yeah, unfortunately people die every year. Um, but anyways, um, it's important though, to understand kind of that history uh, because, you know, once once the rules changed, you know, I think that kind of shut the door on uh, BMW's uh, dirt relevance, in my opinion. And you've heard me say that before. Um, there's a famed uh, Dakar racer uh, who told me, um, you know, part of that uh, part of that rationale in, in lowering the engine size was that some of these other players, they didn't make a bigger motor and they felt it wasn't really a level playing field. And, <laughs> you know, his his opinion was like, we'll go out and make one, go make a bigger motor. Um, but, you know, uh, there you go. That's kind of um, some history for you. You know, um, I could totally see, uh, I mean, why not race Dakar on a KTM 500 EXE? I mean, that's basically the same same engine size it's not that much bigger or you know i could even i even look at some of the handling of like the ktm 690 and there were quite a few 690s um racing um 
but yeah, it's just, it's not an option anymore. Um, you can, you can race a 500 at, at Baja and Sonora, um, in the small bike class. Um, but in Dakar, it's, it's just, uh, 450 cc's. Um, so an, another interesting thing <laughs> I've noticed is, is, uh, well, again, it has to do with background and history. You know, a lot of these riders and racers on motorcycles and, and, you know, think about this. Here's another side, a sidetrack here. Um, you know, think about how long the Dakar is. It's, it's 15 days, it's 14 stages. There's one day of rest and, you know, these guys are complaining about driving, how tired they are. <laughs> it's like, boo hoo, try doing it on a motorcycle, you know? Um, so in, in my opinion, kind of the motorcycle class is like the epitome of Dakar. It's, I think it's the most adventurous. It's probably the most dangerous, but it's also the most grueling, um, um, so that was a sidetrack. Getting back to my point, um, a lot of these riders, you know, we all started out as adventure motorcyclists, you know, riding uh, long distance, traveling, um, taking your stuff with you, camping overnight. And uh, that's, I mean, you don't really have people camping now. I mean, you do in the marathon stages uh, in the bivouac, you know, you don't, you're not going to have your RV, you know, you're not going to have your team. You're, it's just yourself. And, um, and these, it was funny. I saw some video of these drivers, uh, I think from the French team having to set up a tent <laughs> and the look of disgust on this French guy's face. I mean, he didn't even know how to set up a tent and I just laugh at that. I mean, I'm not making, well, I'm kind of making fun of him, but I mean, that's the thing for a motorcyclist. I mean, come on. I mean, we are, we're totally used to camping. We're adventure riders. That's what we do. And, you know, I, I camped, um, I camped uh, Baja Rally every night in my tent, um, and uh, I didn't mind it at all. I slept like a baby. I mean, when you're out there and you're racing, I mean, you're too, you're so tired. I mean, trust me, you're going to sleep well if you got a decent air mattress. It's, it's not a big deal, but it's just funny to watch. Um, so that's, again, part of the spirit of Dakar and what makes, you know, motorcycles special. All right. So, you know, I've known a lot of really good riders and uh, I've tried to encourage them to get into rally rate because I know they do really well. But, you know, for some reason, they they just won't get around to it. I think it's, you know, the idea of a race really just has people saying, you know what, you know, that's just above kind of my risk tolerance. Um, But like I said before in another podcast, you know, I tried out a uh, navigation school at, at Baja Rally and it really made me realized that you know i wasn't riding any faster than i normally ride and when you add in that that component of navigation um you know you have to slow down because you're gonna miss your turn so i realized that wait this is not any more dangerous than just my regular trail riding i really want to give it a chance but i think that's a high bar um for a lot of people but anyways let me move on to just giving you kind of a general description and some tips on how to get started in Rally Raid. Um, You know, I got nearly zero tips um, and learned kind of as I did it. Um, And there's not much out there as far as I'm aware. And, you know, (laughs) I think it's just human nature. A, A lot of people just aren't eager to share that information. I don't know if that's tribalism or what. Um, but you know, as a surfer, we have a saying, you know, if you don't surf, don't start. <laughs> they kind of like once they're in, they don't want anyone else in. I don't know if it, it makes it more special, but you know, that being said, you know, once you're in, once you've struggled and learned, you know, it's a very, uh, tight brotherhood 
Um, and, you know, let, let's not, of course, leave out the women, too. Here's, here's an important point. Women do very well in Rally Raid. Um, there are many. Uh, Laya Sands, Mirjam uh, Pohl, uh, Ty Perry. I mean, the list goes on. There's a lot of women that have done very well in Rally Raid. And I think that's because, um, you know, it's just riding skill. That's universal. And it's more core strength. It's not necessarily upper body. I think men, you know, tend to do better when it comes to sports that have to do with upper body strength. Um, but that's that doesn't matter as much in, in rally raid. You know, it's your skill as a rider and, you, and your brain uh, pretty much. So I think that's really cool. I've, I've gotten a, to race with a few ladies and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, let's see. Look at my notes here. Getting a little out of out of place here you know you know it just again you know the whole rally raid thing it's like a scavenger hunt you know <laughs> and i told you before that in another podcast that really kind of made it fun for me um so yeah i would totally recommend uh, taking a navigation school um there used to be one in the pacific northwest uh that alex martin's uh with his former uh shop of of conflict put together uh, Jimmy Lewis did um, a rally school that was kind of open to everyone. He does a lot of one-on-one -on -one training with uh, some elite riders. Um, and I'm not sure if he's doing his uh, rally navigation school anymore. But, you know, both the Baja and Sonora rallies have their own. Uh, and you should check those out. They're a very, uh, if you're in Southern Cal or Arizona, you know, it's, it's uh, well, Sonora is right, right on the border um, in uh San Luis Rio, Colorado, and then uh, Baja typically operates theirs out of Ensenada, which is 45 minutes from the border, so it's pretty easy to get to. So you're generally going to need, um, you're going to need, obviously, a motorcycle. You know, I'd recommend, you know, 450 or 500, or, you know, you could try, try it on your big bike, depending on the rally. Um, you know, I did the Baja rally on the 990, but you know, they've changed their course now and they go out to San Felipe a lot. They do a lot of uh, sand washes and <laughs> that's a whole nother matter there on, on a big bike. So you might want to consider that. But I mean, obviously you're going to need your, you're going to need a motorcycle, um, but you're going to need a navigation tower. And that is what is going to hold your road book, you know, your GPS, your rally comp and all your um, GPS computer. You're, you're going to have a, uh, some buttons mounted on the left grip that allow you to advance and, and retreat uh, your road book. Um, and that can be had, I, I think my rally tower, or my road book and rally tower was about 750 bucks. And I sold it uh, to some guy in Washington for like 500. So I got, I got a lot of my money back. Um, you know, there's also software. This is really cool. There's a navigation software called Rally Navigator. And you can basically build your own road books and practice. Um, and you know you can get on Google Earth. Well, you use Rally Navigator, which uses Google Earth. But um, you just go in and write your own roadbook, and and you can print out a chart. It's a ton of fun. You should try that with your friends sometimes. And nowadays, there's more um, digital options like with a tablet, even I think an iPad. If you can get it mounted safely, you know you can do a digital roadbook. And uh, there's there are some rallies that are using digital roadbooks now. Dakar is not, and Baja and Snow Rally are not. But I think that a lot of people are saying that that's coming. Um, okay, you're going to, for in terms of mods for your bike, you know, you're going to want suspension, you know, aftermarket, custom suspension, tuned 
you know, for your weight and for the terrain. Um, otherwise, you're just going to be bouncing around. It's not, you're not going to have good traction. It might actually be a safety issue. You know, I'm a bigger guy and definitely need it. Um, so I was lucky to get that um, get that help from uh, from Alex Martins. Um, you're going to need a bigger tank. Um, they do have gas stops, but a lot of these motorcycles come with, you know, 125 miles of range, and you're probably going to need closer to 160 170 miles of range so like a like a four or five four or five gallon tank are typically what a lot of guys add um you know obviously the the professional rally bikes hold a lot more in gas um and they have you know special tank mounts and and all that but you can get by with just a standard larger um gas tank um you're going to need some hand guards um you're probably going to want a damper you know if there's sand you're probably going to want a, a damper and then obviously you're going to want either a tail or a front fender bag, you know, for your tubes and tools and such, you know, if you're not carrying them on your body, like, like in a vest. Um, in terms of water and hydration, um, if you have a three liter um, backpack with a tube, that's okay. But ideally you'd want one that's going to vent into your helmet. So it's always there. You just have to bite down a drink because you'll find that you're not going to end up uh, spending enough time um, uh, uh, hydrating, and that's that's going to have a big impact on your ride. All right. Um, so for tires, um, <laughs> tires were my biggest nemesis um, in in rally raid. Um, Moose is typically used. Moose is is basically a foam insert. It's like a foam donut that goes in inside your tire, and it works well because you don't have to worry about stopping to change a flat tire. I mean, there's lots of thorns out there in the desert, a lot of sharp rocks, pinch flats, etc. Moose can be a good solution, um, but <laughs> it's important to to get familiar with moose solutions with the tires you want to use, and not sort of experiment like when you're at the rally. You got to figure this out before. Um, moose tends to work best when it fits tightly, and my problems, at least in Baja Rally, were that my rear moose uh, was looser than it should have been and you know friction creates heat and heat destroys the moose and that could uh ruin your uh, few um, um, stages like it did for me um so get your get your tire solution straight um i would bring at least three mooses for the rear and two for the front if you're doing a five to six day rally um, i would change your rear moose like every other day and maybe your front once like once you're halfway through or just over halfway through. Um, you know, for Sonora Rally with a lot of sand, I would consider like a fatty front um, and uh, a wider rear, like a 130 or even a 140 width rear tire. It's really gonna help you in the sand. And uh, I made that mistake. Uh, my rear tire, I think it was a 120. And it <laughs> that was a big mistake. After the rally, Garrett Pouchet was like, yeah, I looked at that. I was like, why? I wonder why I did that. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? I mean, I could have fixed it easily, but um, anyways, you know, experience is a good teacher. Um, so in back to hydration, you know, electrolyte solutions are can be a huge help. Um, that's really important. Water's not enough. You know, you, you got you to gotta feed your body and hydrate, but uh, electrolytes can really help you. Um, and that being said, you know, if you like to have a beer now and then, you know, going down to Mexico and having two or three or four you know, the night before is a really bad idea. You know, alcohol will dehydrate your body. And so it's a good idea to kind of abstain at least a week before the rally. Um, 
in terms of nutrition, you're probably going to want to carb load before. And then again, you're going to want to eat as much as you can um, during the day and obviously before and after your stages. Um, in terms of training your body, um, you know, there's kind of two things that, that I think matter the most. Um, I spent like way too much time in the gym um, when I didn't really need to. I mean, I think cardio is key and um, endurance is key. Actually, I think if you're bulking up on muscle, that can be a liability because muscles use more energy and you're going to cramp and you're going to you're going to um, you're going to tap out earlier. So, you know, you want to you want to lean out. You want to work on your your core strength and you're going to want to want to work on your cardio. You know, basically raising what is known as your anaerobic threshold. And you can Google more on that if you really want to geek out on that. Um, and, you know, seat time is a huge thing. Um, you got to condition your body. You got to get used to riding long distances you got to get used to spending five to seven hours a day on the bike. That will really, really help you. Um, um, you know, I didn't do that. And, you know, I didn't have a truck or a trailer, and I lived like 90 minutes from the nearest dirt. And that was one thing I could have done um, to really help me uh, in, in my rally is to just get that seat time. Um, let's see. Um, you need to get a feel for how to read dunes. Um, I had never uh, ridden dunes before. I mean, more than just like for 20 minutes in a, in a, in a very enclosed, close area uh, versus, you know, navigating across 30 miles of open dunes, you know, tall dunes, short dunes, etc. Um, there's a lot of things to learn. You know, how do you, um, how do you cross over a dune? You know, some of them have a nice smooth um, face uh, on, the, on the other side, like the one you came up. Others drop off almost vertically, and there's been a lot of, of injuries from people, you know, not knowing. So you'll see a lot of these riders come up at an angle, and they'll kind of peek over, and then they'll sort of pop over and down. They don't usually go directly over a dune unless they're following someone else's tracks, uh, but that could be a real hazard. Um, you know, other things are, you know, witch eyes, like these little holes of uh, where the sand is extra soft. It'll, it'll get you uh, tripped up really fast uh, camel grass is, is horrible it's like a little mound of of grass and you kind of don't want to get in there that'll that'll stop your ride or slow you down or maybe even get you injured um, in terms of grips um, there's some really good foam grip solutions out there um, but I was kind of lucky because I was working out in the gym like five days a week without gloves and that really helped me build up calluses you know we're just working with the weights um, I didn't have any problem with that, but a lot of guys have problems with blisters, really bad blisters, you know, blisters that bleed. And, you know, you're trying to hold on to your bars for dear life, you know, on day four, day five, you know, blisters can really make it a, a very uncomfortable situation. Um, okay, you can also rent a motorcycle. Uh, many of these rallies have uh, companies affiliated with them that offer rentals. You know, you just fly and ride, basically. They'll, they'll outfit you with a bike with a navigation tower. Um, uh, let's see, what else? Um, so in terms of maintenance, I was kind of surprised. You know, I went on a brand new uh, Honda 450X for Sonora Rally. My total maintenance was I changed the air filter once. I, I even had a pit crew to do it. Um, that was it. Um, uh, well, I had, a, I had a moose change in... in, um, in 
Baja rally. I know I had friends, uh, uh, Ken, Ken Weaver helped me with that. Thank, thank goodness. Um, but that was it. Luckily for me, there was a lot of maintenance, but a lot of these longer rallies, I mean, anything can happen, you know? Um, so there you go. I hope, um, that helps you, uh, have an idea of what it's like to, to race rally raid. Again, for me, it's been, you know, a whole lot of fun. It's well, let me just say it's the most fun I've ever had on a motorcycle in in my entire life, and I'd highly recommend it. If you got any more questions or want to learn more about uh, my experience at uh, at uh, in, with Rally Raid or anything else, uh, feel free to check out our forum at xladb.com, and I wish you safe riding. Take care. see out here uh, just a couple things popped up again uh, one is you know I've been off-road very quickly um, you know I've, I've had it up to 108 miles an hour which is I think 174 uh, kilometers per hour that's pretty fast um, but you know it wasn't necessarily that unsafe on the roads I was on and and I was familiar with the roads and they had been scouted um, yeah you don't want to do that out in the open open desert and range areas you haven't been in but um, a lot of the riders are they're saying, look, if you want to control speed, you know, don't give us this, you know, 30 kilometer long um, uh, valley, you know, on a straight road with no notes in the road book, meaning there's no hazards. I mean, of course, we're going to we're going to go as fast as we can. Um, so anyways, that's that's interesting. Um, uh, one other thing is, you know, BMW is not the only one with XLADV Heritage at D Dakar, you know, Honda, too. And, and Yamaha for that matter. So anyways, uh, hope that helps. Uh, and again, I uh, hope you have a, a great, uh, a great next ride. Take care.